you know, just sometimes if I get anxious or frustrated when I am doing school, I will pull out my journal and I will write this 10, 10, 10 activity. And that is 10 things that I am looking forward to, 10 people that I love and 10 things that I am grateful for. You're listening to the Mental Health Download from the nonprofit Mental Health Association Oklahoma. I'm Matt Gleason, and I am so excited today because I have my niece, Vivian Allen, on the podcast. And like I called her five minutes ago, and I was like, can you do a podcast? And she was like, sure, because she's awesome. And she's a junior at Oklahoma State University. She also has experienced COVID and lost her sense of taste and smell and had to deal with that and the the mental health ramifications of that. And we're that's really what we're going to be exploring today is how the pandemic has affected college age students' mental health and also how that relates to suicide prevention. And to have this discussion, we have Rebecca Hubbard. She's uh, Mental Health Association Oklahoma's Director of Outreach, Prevention and Education. And then we also have Leah Spate, who is a senior at at Oral Roberts University, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi, I'm Leah, and I'm the Youth Mental Health Specialist in charge of the Youth Advocacy Program, Empowered Voices. Awesome. Okay, Rebecca, take it away. Thank you guys so much for being here with me today. I'm really excited to get to talk to you all about mental health and suicide prevention at the college level during a pandemic. We all know that we're in unprecedented times. We're in the midst of all of this global pandemic. We all know that it has an impact on all of us, but I think there's a unique impact on college students. And so I really appreciate both of you coming here to be with me today. You know, one student from Oral Roberts University, one from Oklahoma State University. You have unique perspectives, but there's probably some overlapping um, areas and thoughts as well. And so I just want to say, first of all, thank you so much for being here. And then I want to open it up with a question to both of you. And that is, what impact do you feel that COVID has had on your experience as a college student and your friends and classmates as well? Feel free. I mean, we don't want to cover anybody specifically, of course, but but feel free to just generally speak about that. So let me start with Leah. Yeah, so I am a senior. I graduate in three weeks, which is very exciting. But at ORU, we have to live on campus all four years, except for there's other little exceptions for that. But for the most part, they encourage us to live on campus. And so this is my fourth year on campus. Um, This is my fourth year at ORU. And because of COVID and because of all of the 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 requirements and the rules and regulations that they have put on campus this this semester it has made it really difficult to have community it has made it really difficult to have stability and it has made it really difficult to even just enjoy being on campus and feel at home on campus i actually live eight hours away i'm from iowa and so this is my home i don't have home here and so i consider my dorm my home and i can't go anywhere without constantly being reminded that I have to stay six feet apart, that I have to wear a mask, that this thing called COVID-19 is still in existence. And after nine months of hearing all of this, it can get kind of annoying. And so most people, when they get to go home, they get to go home. They get to kick off their shoes. They get to relax, be with their family. I don't get that. I The only time I get to be with my fiance is when we're sitting in the car 
in the parking lot in front of our dorm building just to talk for about how our day went. And then we have to go into our separate dorms. Same thing with our friends. My soon-to-be sister-in-law is a freshman here at ORU, and I can't have her come hang out in my dorm, and I can't go hang out with her because we live in separate dorm buildings. It makes it really difficult to have community. And being here for four years, ORU is all about for involvement and community engagement and building that family and that community on ORU's campus. We're, we love our student association events that they plan throughout the year. And because of COVID, that's all been canceled. And so honestly, I go to practicum because I'm a senior. And so I really don't have any classes. And so throughout the week, I literally go out in the field for my practicum and then I come back. So I don't get to see anyone. I don't get to see any of my friends really. And it's been really lonely and really frustrating just in the sense of like, okay, I've been here for four years, but I can't do everything that I've done in the past three years. And so it's made being a student here really frustrating and really difficult not to get all cynical and frustrated with it and still be like, you know what, like this is my final semester. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to have fun. But I can't really have fun because all of the fun has been taken away. And so it's made it really difficult to just enjoy being on campus and even the fear of, are they going to kick us off? Like we got here and a month later, they changed all of the rules. So we are not allowed to sit with anyone inside while we eat. We have to keep our masks on unless we're actively chewing or drinking. So we can't eat or drink during classes. And so with getting used to one set of rules and then a month later, everything switching back up again, it felt like April all over again or March all over again. And it was that I called my mom and I was like, mom, I feel like I should probably start looking for apartments now because I don't know if they're going to kick us off. And so that fear of like losing my stability and losing my housing, like that anxiety that I felt clear back in March all came back again. And it was just like, I felt like I'd been a snow globe that had finally settled. And all of a sudden I was just shaken all over again. And it was just, it's been, it's been a really stressful semester. Wow. Thank you for painting that picture. And I love the analogy of the snow globe. I think that's very, very relatable. And I think that you really painted a very clear picture. I think it's easy as adults to kind of go, oh, just suck it up. You're fine. You're missing out on a couple of fun things. It's not that big of a deal, but it really is. It's really a complete alteration to your way of life as a student. I'd like to go to Vivian now and ask you the same, Vivian, COVID, how has it impacted your life as a college student and your experiences as well as maybe your classmates generally? Right. So I think being a junior and having at least a year of really true traditional college experience, I have these memories of college that I get to hold on to and think about during times like these. And those memories were made because of the friends that I made freshman year and the people on my dorm floor and just things like that. So to think about the fact that for freshman students coming in to universities, none of those options and chances to make connections really exist anymore. I can't imagine how isolating it must feel to be in this totally new place and have no opportunity to really connect with people, except for this weird elephant in the room that nobody really wants to talk about, which is the fact that 
some college students are still choosing to go out and party and put themselves and others at risk. So I think freshman students also have this weird moral problem of the fact that they can make friends, but by putting themselves at great personal risk and putting others at a great risk. And I just think that must be a really weird dynamic to have to come into the first time on your own and the first time really with a place of independence is that you have to make these decisions of how you want to behave. And it's either in isolation or in these social settings where you are putting yourself and others at risk. Right. Yeah, most definitely. And and that makes so much sense to me. And I definitely think about freshmen as well. And I'm glad that you brought that up because that is, you know, that does really create a, a beginning of a road that's a very different road than it has been for the rest of students that have had that freshman year pre-COVID. I want to start with Vivian this time and then we'll go to Leah. I really like to ask you, what are your concerns about or your thoughts around mental health and the college student during this pandemic? So I think on top of the fact that there is a global pandemic, there are also still the pressures of the college student that there always has been, which is the pressure to succeed academically. And as you get older and you near graduation, this added pressure to apply for internships, to start looking for jobs, to start really thinking about the workforce. And that is all still happening, even virtually in classes, things like that. There is still this academic and social pressure to succeed in college on top of the fact that there is a global pandemic. And so I think that that can really affect the overall mental health of students and really add on to anxiety or even create anxiety that some students have never really had before. And I think that if you don't have the tools to deal with anxiety and depression and things like that, I think it can get very scary very fast for many students and just feel like you are treading water, like you're just trying to stay afloat. I think that that buildup can happen extremely quickly. For sure. For sure. And I know that Mental Health America, they opened up their screenings online during this time, and they specifically saw a significant increase in anxiety and depression within the general population. So I want to ask a little follow-up question with you, Vivian, before we move to, to Leah, and that is for students that might have already been struggling with depression or anxiety, you know, when you say what next? I mean, that's kind of what happens inside of our brains when we have anxiety is this constant what if, what if, what if that's already going on, right? And now we have a reality of what if on top of it. What would you say to students who are maybe already struggling with depression or anxiety? And I think anxiety in particular is just something that's tapping for all of us right now. What would you say to them if they start to feel that enhanced symptom coming on? Yeah. So since I was a kid, really, I have always dealt with periods of severe anxiety. And just kind of in my daily life, I've always had this looming anxiety. And something that has really helped me 
deal with that on a day-to-day basis is this exercise that I've started doing a lot recently because my anxiety has increased recently is this 10-10-10 activity. So every morning or, you know, just sometimes if I get anxious or frustrated when I am doing school, I will pull out my journal and I will write this 10-10-10 activity. And that is 10 things that I am looking forward to, 10 people that I love, and 10 things that I am grateful for. And this exercise just really helps me to zoom out and to see this huge picture of my life and everyone around me's life and the people that I care about and understand that this is a really small period of time on a very large scale. Even though right now it can feel like this is the only thing that's ever going to happen and this is the only way it's ever going to be, it helps me to really understand that that just isn't true. And I know that when you do have anxiety and you do have those feelings, it's so easy to spiral into this very, very small little frame. That's just, this is where I am right now. And this is where I'm going to be. And there's no way out of this. And so that activity just really helps me zoom out and just recenter and understand that this is just something that I'm going through, but it is not, it doesn't define me and it's not everything. That's awesome. I love that. And I love the zoom out. I mean, just what a what an easy kind of catch to, to put in your head and help you center. I, I do the 10, 10, 10 thing, but I'm not as awesome as you guys. I do three, three, three. <laughs> so maybe I need to up my game a little bit. I'll work on that. And I'll, you guys can check back in on me and see if I've, I've upped that any in the next month or so. All right, Leah, let's go to you. What are your thoughts and concerns over or over student mental health during this pandemic? Let me think real quick. Let me collect my thoughts because there's a lot rattling on in my brain because Vivian, you said a lot of really good things. So I'm still like processing what you said. <laughs> so now I'm like, oh, wait, now I have to talk. I think as college students, we're here to improve our lives and we're here to go forward in the next stage of our lives. So we're here to better ourselves, to prepare ourselves to be better in the future. And so there's already a lot of pressure on us as college students or just in general, ages 18 to 24, there's a lot of pressure on us as you are the future. You need to make all of these good decisions or all of these right decisions so that your future will be good. And there's a lot of pressure despite COVID on ages 18 to 24 period. And a lot of that pressure we can put on ourselves. I know that I do that personally. I can put a lot of pressure on myself. Well, then when you add everything that has happened within 2020, so not just even COVID-19, but all the social unrest, the election, all the political things that are going on, everything, all of that anxiety that's placed in this year on top of people who are already so stressed out when it comes to school, Of course, your anxiety is going to increase. But then you look at it on a different scale. A lot of schools are shortening their semester. They're taking out the breaks that students usually have. I know for us, they took out our fall break, but gave us three three three-day weekends, which is awesome. But I don't know about you. A three-day weekend is not as refreshing as an entire 10-day break. And It's always needed. And I did not realize how much I needed my fall break until this year because it gives you that that refreshing to finish out to the end of the year. 
we don't have that anymore. And so we literally have to go from zero. I know when I started school this semester, I literally, my mental health, like I was on zero to push through this semester all the way through. And so it's been really stressful. And I've talked to other students that are preparing into the next semester that have already been told that they won't be getting a spring break next semester. And they're honestly contemplating taking a gap semester and waiting until the fall because they look at how hard this semester has been on their mental health and how hard it's been to be motivated and to continue to work that they don't even know if they'll be able to do it next semester. Another thing is, is because it's a shortened semester, they're cramming all of the same amount of knowledge in a shorter time period, but not even in person. A lot of the classes are online. So it's professors are sending out assignment after assignment and students aren't getting that engagement. They're not getting those lessons. And so they're sitting there trying to teach themselves by watching videos through Zoom calls without that being able to raise their hand and interrupting and have that interaction of like, wait, 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 can you explain that to me one more time? They don't get that. And so when it comes to doing the homework and doing the tests, they are so overwhelmed because not only are they afraid of failing, period, but now that pressure is even harder because it's like, I don't know what I'm learning. How am I supposed to succeed? And they are spend hours working on homework and doing their schoolwork and they just can't get a break. And so it's extremely stressful. And so I definitely can just feel and just living on campus, I can see it. I have seen more mental breakdowns this semester than my four years that I've been on campus. I know myself and I'm not even taking as many classes as I've taken in the previous years or as anyone that's on campus. I'm very lucky that I don't have very many classes a semester, but just me myself, I've had more mental breakdowns this past semester than I've had all of college. And so I are like Vivian, I struggle with anxiety. I've struggled with anxiety my whole life. But the sense of the fear of the instability and how unstable life has been and the unknowing of the future. I'm a very plan A person or type A person. I need a plan. I can't just be like, let's go with the flow. And with life being so go with the flow right now, I'm freaking out. It has been very difficult for me especially with me getting ready to graduate and going into the workforce and trying to just finish graduating. It's been, it's been difficult. It's been extremely stressful. And so what I do want to say is I feel that it's a lot easier for people who are not living in this season as college students to make decisions for college students. I noticed with a lot of the policies and procedures and the changing of the rules, I feel that they aren't really truly thinking about the student, but they're thinking is what's, what's going to be good as a whole and not as the individual. And so taking away spring break, super easy when you're not relying on that spring break for your mental health recharge, taking away that fall break, super easy when you're not thinking about that. Giving us a nine week Christmas break, super easy when you're not living eight hours from the people that you love, when you're not living halfway across the country, when you don't have to worry about your job not being in the place where you live. It's super easy for you to make those decisions because you don't have to think, okay, how am I going to make a solution for that? Super easy. When you're not asking people, how do you feel about this decision? How How will you be affected by this decision? And how... What I'm feeling right now is a lot of universities, and I understand the policies and the governmental side of it and the laws on this and like the 
the mandates and everything. And I can understand from a corporate standpoint, the rules and regulations. But when you step out of that, you have, I know for ORU, there's 4,000 students. We have 150 nations here. So people from different countries that are here, you're not just looking, you can't just look at it from a corporation standpoint. You have to look at it as an individual and what, and put yourself in a student's shoes. It's stressful. It's exhausting. My roommate and I were talking last night and she's like, Leah, I don't know what I'm going to do. She's like, I want to go home, but nine weeks, like I can't, like I've got a job here. And so it's, it's just, it's way too much stress for a person between the ages of 18 to 24 mm-hmm. for us to be able to handle. And I feel that the universities and people making these policies or these procedures aren't truly thinking about the intense amount of stress that this is putting into such young people and the anxiety that it is causing. And not even to mention people who are already struggling with depression, who already feel that they are failures, who already feel like they can't get a break and that they can't win. This is just one more thing with all with how hard classes are for them and they can't get a break and that they can't get a win in this and that they're failing. That's another area that they feel that they're failing. That's another area that they feel like they can't win. And that's just adding to the piece of the depression and the hopelessness. And so really, I'm really frustrated and I really want people to start looking at it as, okay, if I was a college student, what would be helpful and beneficial for me in this season? Because I feel like no one is asking that question. Thank you so much, Leah. And I agree. I, you know, those layers of stress and it's what you said when you said 18 to 24, I want to point that out. You're not talking about age. You're talking about stage of life. Mm-hmm. So even if you threw a 35-year-old in there where mm-hmm. their families across the country or across the world mm-hmm. and they're in school and they have a job and they have all of these, it's not about age. It's about the stage of life and being in that situation and not only dealing with all of the pressures that come with a pandemic and social unrest, et cetera, but also being in that scenario and having those layers of stress be basically transferred to you because decisions are being made, not, not with the individual in mind, but just what's manageable kind of crowd management versus individual need. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like to turn at this point to really talk about the individual. I know Leah, that this is an area that's you're very passionate about mm-hmm. suicide prevention and we all are. And I wish everyone could see our heads because as Leah and Vivian <laughs> speak, we're nodding away like bobbleheads because we're in full agreement with everything that they're mm-hmm. saying. And before we go into the suicide prevention discussion, I do want to tell everyone that you can always 24-7 reach out to the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. They're there to help you find resources and support. It may be about you. It may be about someone you're concerned about. You can reach out to either one of those. And then ultimately, we all are very fortunate on this call that we have our people. We have our people that we can go to. And you, I want to just encourage everyone to find your safe people and to lean lean in and support one another. Leah works with us and we've sat in meetings together and cried. Vivian is a relative of, of, of Matt here with us and I'm sure they've had their family moments. You've got to find your people and lean into that. But let's go 
forward on this suicide prevention discussion because I hear these young ladies' voices and I know they are as equally passionate about preserving life in such a difficult time. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna just open it up to both Leah and Vivian and just let you share what are your concerns around suicide when you hear of losing college students to suicide? What do you think? And what do you wish that we as, as adults, as professors, as deans, as administrators, as family members, as mental health professionals, what do you wish we were able to offer to support college students better during this time? I want to start this off by saying that on Oklahoma State's campus, four of our student body members have died by suicide this semester alone. And so on Oklahoma State's campus, we have this visible increase in the fact that mental health is on the decline in our campus. And it is very frustrating because Oklahoma State has not addressed this issue at all, officially. And I think that that really does create a lot of frustration for students and it creates a lot of distrust between students and faculty just because the resources that are currently offered at OSU are completely overwhelmed right now. If I were wanting to go see a counselor on campus, it would be months before I could get into an appointment, which isn't really going to work for a lot of people. And so I think there is a very serious level of frustration on our campus right now. And I think that professors and teachers and other staff members can really make a difference in students' day-to-days by just being there and being someone that they can talk to. We keep hearing about these unprecedented times and over and over, unprecedented times, Obviously, with those times is going to come unprecedented behavior. So I think instead of acting like everything's fine and trying to work around it and trying to manage how we've been managing, let's focus on shifting to practicing unprecedented kindness and honesty and really breaking down these walls because this isn't a normal time. And that is going to bring up irregular behavior. And so I think that by really understanding that, it's going to be a lot easier for students and teachers to kind of be there and be there for one another. They're saying these things and they probably mean, well, we have we have this, you know, half glass, glass half full, right? But ultimately, we do have to step up our game and make sure that we are preventing these deaths because they are preventable. Thank you, Vivian. Leah? Yeah, so the importance of mental health is just as important as your physical health. Education is very important, but education should never be the cause of stress to the point that someone should want to take their life. Never. It should never get to the point that they are so worried about failing at school, that they are so worried about their grades, that they are so frustrated that they can't figure out this algorithm or this or whatever the math problem is or whatever the class is teaching that they get to the point where they think that it would be better if they were just not here 
and that there's so much, you never know what someone's going through at home. You don't know the stress that they're bringing in. I know when I came to college, it was a fresh start so that I could walk away from my home life and just have that fresh start. So it was a new start for me, but their stressors of home still came with me. So you just never know what someone's going through. I feel that as faculty and as staff and as professors, having that open communication with their students of, look, if you are struggling, please, please reach out to me. Please come talk to me. Please come approach me. I have had so many professors for my gen ed classes where it was almost impossible to get a reasoning conversation out of them or a look like I'm really struggling personally. And this has been really difficult semester for me. I just need some help. Like, would you be willing to help me? And it's, a, I'm sorry, you didn't get it in on time. It's a zero. And it's very much a why. Like I'm trying to open, I'm trying to communicate with you because in the real world, that's how life works is you have that open communication with your supervisors. You have that open communication with your, with your coworkers. You have that community. And especially right now with COVID, everyone is isolated. I'm very fortunate to go to a university where I can live on campus, where we do have in-person classes. But I know that there are multiple universities where, like Vivian was saying, if it's 40 or more, it's virtual. And most of the freshmen, it's all virtual for them. They're isolated. They're in a new place. It's stressful. It's not high school. They didn't have that typical end of high school experience like everyone else did. And so they're in a whole different mental state than most of us are when we go to college. It is an additional stressor and they need that support. They are alone. The worst thing you can do for someone is make them be alone. Isolation is the worst to a person. It doesn't matter what your mental state is. If you are isolated for a longer period of time, it is a downward spiral and it's horrible. And so I think that is a big part of it too, is the isolation piece. They feel alone. They feel secluded. They feel like they have no one else. And they feel like failures if they aren't succeeding within school. And it breaks my heart that it gets to the point that some person would rather end their life than to live their life to get through this season. It's an awkward conversation to have. It's not a fun topic. It's not lighthearted. You don't feel good after you talk about it, but it needs to be talked about. It's a conversation that needs to be made. It breaks my heart that it has taken four people in a semester alone for a university to finally slowly start having that conversation when students are begging them to talk about it. One is too much. Four is ridiculously way too much. And something needs to change. In the state of Oklahoma, suicide is the second leading cause of death for ages 15 to 34-year-olds. The second leading cause of death. That's ridiculous. Like, when, when does that change? When do we start talking about it? When? And that's where I'm at is you don't have to be certified. You don't have to experience it. You don't have to be educated in, in that area. But just being able to be like, look, I'm here if you want to talk. Like, I'm here to support you. My job here is to teach you and to make you succeed. So if I'm not doing that, how can I help you? Just being there set means so much more than not. And so that's where, that's kind of my heart is just have the conversation. Stop throwing it under the rug. This is an issue in Oklahoma. This is an issue in general, but in Oklahoma, this is a major issue and something needs to change. Absolutely. And, you know, we are 
I'm also I, I adjunct as a professor at both of these universities, actually. And and we really as professors, we have to think about the whole student, you know, and in my role at MHA, we talk, we work with the schools and the families and trying to help them consider younger students as a whole person. And we can't let go of that at the college age. We have to do the same thing. We have to see them as a whole person and we have to support them as a whole person. And we have to come in and be more than a do X, Y, and Z and I give you the grade. We need to be there for our students as much as we possibly can. And in that vein, Mental Health Association Oklahoma does do suicide prevention trainings. And we are here to do those suicide prevention trainings for college staff. So if you are a coach, a professor, an admin, anybody that's working with college students, please reach out to us. We want to come to your group. We are doing them virtually right now. So we don't even have to worry about COVID, but we can talk to you and we can help you. We can equip you and empower you to have that conversation in a way that you feel confident that you can provide help and you can provide support and you can connect to people, connect people to the, the, the things that they need. And you can be that person to ask the question, so that they're here tomorrow. That's vital. We have to have more and more people willing to be the person to ask the question so they can be here tomorrow. Today, we talked about so much. We talked about isolation. We talked about layered stressors. We talked about the unique dynamics of the college student during a pandemic and social unrest. We talked specifically about anxiety and depression and suicide. These are all very heavy topics but very vital to not only our life and living, but how we're living and what we're bringing into the world. So I thank you so much for being here today. I hope colleges and universities and families and everyone that are listening, I hope they're hearing you. I hope we're all ready to step up on the front line and take arm in arm with you and stand with you during this time, stand with you supporting good mental health for students during this time. And definitely, above all, that biggest marker is zero suicides. Thank you so much for your time today.